Hello everyone, announcement here from the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Uh, due to the unfortunate events that have uh, occurred in the past few days and what's currently going on in the country, me and Steve have sat down and had a conversation about how we can maybe contribute in a positive way going forward. And so we've come to the conclusion that from this point onwards, uh, any money that we make from our patron will be going towards a woman's charity called Solace. Uh, Solace works and has worked for the past 40 years in supporting women and children in London to build safe and strong lives, futures free from male abuse and violence. Um, obviously, this is a cause that we're, we're very passionate about. We, we really want to help them. So for the course of the next year, any money that we make off our Patreon will be donating wholly to this charity. Um, you know, we're very proud to be able to help in any way we can. So currently we have um, around five Patreons. Obviously, we've just started the Patreon. We've got five and we're hoping to at least hit around maybe 20 or 30 Patreon uh, patrons, basically, by the end of the year. And all of that money we're hoping to donate to Solace. So this is just an announcement before we move on to the actual um, episode. But we'll put up some links about who Solace are and what they do. Uh, on our stories, on our social media, you know, as posts, so on. So just follow us on social media, go to Podcast Verbal, go to Verbal Reasoning Podcast, uh, depending on what platform you're on. And just, you know, give us a follow and we'll drop the information about Solace and, you know, what they do, what they're about. And uh, yeah, if you if you join our Patreon, your money will be going there. This is a trigger warning for this episode. We did discuss some rather serious issues, including the kidnap and murder of Sarah Everett. So if you have a nervous disposition, please enjoy another episode from our repertoire. Thank you. Uh, welcome back to episode 10. Steve, is this episode 10? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what, Steve? I don't believe you. So, <laughs> let me go and have a look. It is episode 10. Now, color me surprised. Uh, well, yeah, welcome back to episode 10 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Uh, today, uh, it's me and Steve, so it's just one of our regular episodes. Uh, you will get a bonus episode if you're a Patreon listener, so, you know, head on over to Patreon and you can find a bonus episode there. Uh, but Steve, let's let's delve into what's happened this week. And I think there's two major stories um, about what's happened this week, one of them yeah. being the royal wedding, but we can get onto that later. So, oh, not royal wedding, sorry, the royal interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get into that later. Uh, I think there's something far more serious than the the woes of Harry and Meghan. Um, it's obviously the disappearance and, uh, well, now that we, we found out, the murder of Sarah Everand uh, at the hands of a serving Metropolitan Police officer. So um, maybe do you want to give a quick background on what's actually occurred there? And then we can kind of delve into some of the issues that surround this topic. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, Wayne Cozen, I believe is the officer's name. Uh, He was 48 and arrested on Tuesday after 33-year-old disappeared. And obviously that was Sarah when walking home from Brixton to Clapham in South London last week. Her body was found in an area in Ashford, Kent. And uh, Mr. Cozen, the police officer, wore a grey tracksuit as he appeared to today's hearing. So they actually charged him finally uh, on what was happening. Um, the The way it kind of uh, opened out and the way the story played out is that 
of course, we knew that she was missing, I believe, on Friday. Um, but quickly, the investigation uh, ramped up. They they found, uh, I believe they arrested him first, the suspect, who are now being charged. Um, they found the body, uh, pieces, unfortunately, of the body in the woods. And then finally, uh, they were able to charge him today, which is quite interesting. And what was more interesting about the suspect is that, like you said, He's actually a serving police officer and not any police officer as well. He was um, quite, quite, let's say, high up. Uh, he was uh, one of the police officers that can carry fire, firearms. He's um, involved in protecting the American Embassy, uh, diplomatic headquarter in London. So you'd say, you'd think that to reach that level, you know, there'll be quite bigger scrutiny and there, there would be a lot more checks and balances to avoid this kind yeah. of situation. But I believe he was in the police force case. for 10 years as well. I think that's important to mention. So he's a decade-long serving police officer. He's not somebody who's just joined the police. So yeah, he joined said, what, the force 48? in 2018. So. In 2018. Oh, well, even more than 10 years then. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Wait, Mr. Cotton joined the force in 2018 most recently serving in Parliamentary and Diplomatic Protection Command, an army unit responsible for guarding the parliamentary estate in London. So yeah, yeah that, that was basically his job. And her Wait, body... Did you say 2018 or 20, 2008? I'm 2018, sure. apparently. No, um, I'm pretty sure he's been in there for 10 years, though. Maybe that's he joined that specific... I think that specific, yeah. Because you don't join straight away as a yeah, yeah, uh, armed officer. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Uh, actually, her body was found inside a uh, like a builder's bag, um, and she was unfortunately identified through dental records. It's a bit gruesome, and some of you might not like to hear it. But I guess the main question would be, well, what, what is even the main question? It's just a horrible situation. Um, what do you think about the whole thing, Aaron? Do you have any initial thoughts? Uh, initial thoughts. Obviously, it's, it's it's a very scary situation, isn't it? I mean. You know, often people turn around and say, um, oh, well, what was this person doing when they got abducted? What what did this person do? Like, they kind of try to put the blame on the victim, but it's like, you know, she was wearing bright colored clothing, was on a main high road, called her boyfriend, said, I'll be home in like, what, for half an hour? And then she's never seen again. It's a very scary situation. And then when you mm. add on to that, that it's a police officer, it doesn't matter if he was on duty or off duty at the time. This is a police officer. So somebody like this is working in the police force is very scary to me. Mm. It's very scary because this is a person who has authority. So, you know, this isn't just a regular person on the street. It's somebody who has, who is in a position of authority or power, as you put it. Because, you know, he, he was a, a serving police officer with uh, gun privileges, basically. So he's not, he's not, you know, just a bobby on the beat either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which then makes me question, you know, what kind of what kind of procedures do people go through to become police officers? I mean, we've yeah, had police yeah. officers on this podcast before, and they're very good police officers. We can stand by them and say that's a good police officer there, but you know, not everybody is like them, I guess. And you're thinking, well, what exactly, you know, what exactly is being done in terms of training, or you know, in terms of? But can you train this, like? Can but you train these people out? Surely there has to be more scrutiny in who you're putting in to these roles. Like, Because the thing is, here, here's the thing, Steve. Here's a, a point that you didn't mention. Three days prior to what he'd done to Sarah, he was, uh, he was 
kind of cautioned because of a a um, case where he he indecent exposure or something like that. So he was under he was under investigation for that three oh, days yeah. prior, but not enough was done. Had they got him, had they charged him with something, had they actually looked into that deeper, and had they you know taken him off the streets, then Sarah would be alive today. Mm, I see. Yeah, yeah. So there's a failing there in how. And you know, actually, look, I, I, I don't want to take it down this route, but I, I think I'm going to. We've talked to police officers in the past, right? Whether they've been on the podcast or whether we've just spoken to them in real life. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I find is that when you ask a police officer, okay, but like, okay, sure, you know, you guys don't want to do bad things, blah, blah. But do you think that there's some aspect of your, your behavior that could be incorrect? So you just ask them, look, not, not anyone is perfect, right? So is there some stuff that the police do wrong? What I've noticed is police officers, unlike any other kind of group, will say, uh, no, no, there isn't anything that we've done wrong. Like they're not willing to take a stronger look at themselves mm. and say, what are we doing wrong? I'm not expecting a police officer to turn around to me and say, yeah, the police, you know, fuck the police and all of that, because you're a police officer. Of course, you're not going to say that, but... You have to you have to look at your own actions with some scrutiny as well, and but, I think that's something that yeah. the police doesn't do. They don't look at their own actions and say, "Well, what are we doing wrong here?" It's always a case of, "No, we're completely in the right." And when when you've got that sort of mind state, mind state, individuals like that can get away with a lot within the police force because you're not willing to look at your own institution with more scrutiny. I'd, I'd say like, I because the police officers are under such high stress. I would say that is not their responsibility that as a primary source of change. So that mentality obviously exists higher up. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I would focus. I'd, I'd be like, why is it in the, like the organization of the police, not the officers themselves, but the organization of the police, why do they not perhaps take these, like exactly what you said seriously. And then that will trickle down. Right. Cause if they, if they acknowledge it, they're going to change stuff and force obviously the the um, lower ranks to also acknowledge it. Do you understand? But yeah, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, there needs to be a, a huge, huge, huge change in the way that the police force recruits. First of all, the amount of training that's given to the officers, uh, and you know the amount of scrutiny that is put onto officers onto their day to day lives. I mean, I understand that it's it's a high risk high pressure job but nonetheless you know if if a surgeon was going around constantly making mistakes in his high pressure you know very intense work he he would get his medical license revoked right and everything that a surgeon for example does in a surgery is watched by nurses you know um everything everything that a surgeon for example does mm. must be tracked down to like, okay, he used X number of cloths. Has he removed those X number of cloths exactly, from the patient yeah. before sewing them back up, right? So that's also a high scrutiny, high pressure, time-sensitive job. But more is being done to ensure that, that that doctor does his job properly, right? I agree, yeah. And this comes from obviously the like processes implemented by the exactly. organization higher up. Exactly. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Like this is what I'm trying to say. Like so if trust, we want change, if we want yeah, change, yeah, we yeah. need to convince the people that organize the police and it's not necessarily the officers because you have, you have to like assist them in a way and by creating these programs the you and, do but as i said look who you're hiring exactly that's important. part of, that's part of the process to get yeah. into medicine is yeah. incredibly difficult isn't it 
we need doctors, right? In the same way that we need police officers, we also need doctors. But what they won't do is turn around and just take anyone on and give them, you know, this responsibility and this authority. What they will do is they'll actually properly, you know, put them through a, a process, give them years of training before they're even allowed to go into surgery. Yeah. Why are police officers, why are individuals like that allowed to roam our streets with that authority? It's disgusting. Mm-mm. It's disgusting. I, I mean, agree, the agree. man three days ago has indecent exposure on his record and he's still walking the streets. Yeah, there's no way he this should be able... This was an avoidable yeah. death. It was, it's, this is ridiculous. And you know what it is? It's the, the violence against women. It continues to be a commonplace thing. They've done a survey recently. 97% of women in this country have reported that they, they've been sexually assaulted at some point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That number's ridiculous. That's, that that's, ridiculous. that's insane. And then you have these absolute twats, I'm afraid to call them. These twats turn around and go, not all men. Yeah, why? I can't. Why, you know these why guys. Is there, why is that group always there? That not all men, all lives matter. Or like, what? What is it that you just can't seem to fucking grasp? I don't it's understand. Hilarious. It's hilarious on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're like so you said, fucking stupid. I don't understand how dense how can you, you be. Even... Yeah, exactly. but it's is um is a defense mechanism, I think, because they feel like they're being personally attacked. But so, why? Why do you feel well, like you're being personally attacked? Have you like, ever attacked someone? They feel someone? that way because... Surely you've done something then in the past mm-hmm. that you feel like you're you're being personally attacked. That's exactly where I was going. Like, I feel like perhaps they feel, yeah, like, oh, maybe uh, you've done something that question, that's questionable in the past before. And so you want to act defensive. I don't know. It, 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 we don't really know these people's motives. But one thing we know is that it's not productive. Like, it's, it's just not productive to the issue. Um, and I feel like, yeah, like, it's so stupid. Because I, I posted this on the on the on our page, like these women aren't just like other people. Like these women are your sisters, you know, your mum, family members, your friends. Like, you, like it's, 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 when people put men v women, they make it seem as if it's some polarizing, you know, topic where you either either you're part of it or you're not. Well, we're all part of each other. It, like we all interact with each other in family in society. So it should be important. Well, the thing to is, even even if forget the whole your sister your mother your whatever that's mm. a human being that's what i'm saying yeah that's you know what i mean saying, it's another yeah. human being what the fuck is wrong with you but people like but to... then they turn around and it's become so normalized and it's like a even in media and everything like it's just a normalized thing where you know violence against women in particular isn't seen as this you know uh thing that shouldn't be done it's almost glamorized in some instances like you know with it in movies and tv shows where it's like the guy is just a violent guy and he, that makes him deep and mysterious that isn't something we should normalize going forward mm-hmm. it really isn't yeah and then yeah, it's exactly. like uh they 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 started suggesting um you know how about we put a i've forgotten the word for it like a curfew, a curfew for men yeah. So this Green Party MP said, oh, how about from 6 p.m. onwards, men aren't allowed outside? And then that really pisses me off because that's that's not a genuine suggestion, is it? You know no one's going to agree to that. You know that's a ridiculous suggestion. You're saying it because you're trying to gain points. They're they're looking for a reaction. Yeah, Yeah, they're looking for a reaction. They want controversy. Yeah, they want controversy. They're just saying shit that is not really going to solve anything. It's just going to cause people to argue amongst themselves and nothing's really going to come from it. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I was going to bring Bullshit. that up actually. I, I thought that was very reckless of that MP to even say that. Again, like we're not one of those people that, that are like, oh, you know, it's not all men, but that irked me. So if that irked me, imagine how that irks those people. Like you're just pushing them further to the edge or further to the extreme on the other side. 
because you're not being sensible at all. And again, like you said, I, I feel like that was as bad as those people because you're just causing friction that doesn't target the issue at hand. The thing is, I don't mind it's not constructive friction, but give a suggestion that is fucking reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Mate. It's that, not you know, in what world is anyone going to agree to that? You know, they're not going to agree to that. But rather than actually saying, sitting down and saying, okay, what steps can we take to make our society, our country, our, our city, forget everything. We're talking about London now. Yeah. Let's talk about London specifically. Mm. What can we do to make London more safe for all of our citizens? Not just not just the males, not just the female, for all of them. But obviously, right now, let's focus on females, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How can we make females feel more safe going forward? Rather than having an actual honest discussion with actual, you know, suggestions that can make it safer, you're turning around and saying this outlandish shit for what? So that people like you and me can talk about it, Steve. Really, that's what they want. They want traction. Yeah, they want someone to talk about them, to give them the attention that quite clearly they desperately seek. What good does that suggestion do, really? It's, it's so dumb. But anyway, it's you know what? Let's ridiculous. ignore her. Let's ignore her, whatever. Like, we're giving her airtime. Like, we shouldn't be giving her. And you, at least the listeners know our views on, on that comment. But, like, okay, what now that this has happened, and obviously this is quite an extreme example, this, because obviously someone died in the most horrific way, but... Things like this, this kind of violence, uh, sexual violence, etc., continue to happen day to day. What can we do in a society and as a person, personal person, <laughs> obviously, what can we do to help change the status quo and improve safety for women in London? I mean, there's a number of things you can do, right? This isn't something that you can just solve, you know, overnight. It's, it's going to take years of reconditioning and whatnot. So obviously, when they say teach your sons and all of this, absolutely, you know, we've got to we've got to teach our friends, people older than us, you know, people younger than us. We've got to teach them, and uh, you know, teach them to be respectful towards everyone. Period. Point blank. But there's also additional steps that you can take. So, for example, I saw this thing where somebody had spray painted next to an alleyway on the wall, "Don't go in here. This is an assault hotspot." Okay. So they're warning people to not go through that alleyway because you might get assaulted if you do. Okay, because this happened there quite often. Yeah, yeah. What the council then decides to do is go and paint over the spray paint and leave the alleyway exactly as it is. That is the issue with us as a nation as a whole. Mm. You're just painting over the fucking issue, but you're not actually doing anything to solve it. Why didn't you put up some lights there? Yeah, or those mirrors, you know, you know those mirrors you get in uh, subways. Where you can yeah, see, you what's see behind, behind you, you around the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Why didn't you pop some lights? Why didn't you pop some cameras? Why didn't you actually take some actual steps to make that specific alleyway safer? No. What you do is, oh, I don't want it to look bad. So you go over the spray paint. What did that solve? Mm-mm. What did that really solve? Nothing, nothing. Exactly. That's... So what I'm saying is, you need to do like, I mean, I know we're a surveillance state already, but. Nonetheless, like, you know, in, in locations like that, maybe you can put up some more cameras, you can put up some more lights. Like, you take things one at a time, right? So you identify these small issues, maybe some areas that aren't as safe as others, and then you go and try to fix those in the best way you can. You don't just exactly. try to paint over issues that are there, quite glaringly obvious. That's a very specific example, I know, but, I mean, that's just the kind of approach that the, the government, the council, the whatever takes with relation to issues like this. Obviously, there has to be a cultural change, Mm. You know, I mean, you're talking like you know we we've talked about this before anyway. This this country's education system is fucking shit. 
Yeah, we need to we need to uh, just you know redo all of that. So there's a lot so to improve. There's a lot to improve. A lot to improve. Yeah, yeah. So especially at like young ages, we need to teach the children in in our schools and even at home. You know, the the biggest change starts at home anyway. But you teach these people, these kids, you know, as they're growing up, to respect not only themselves but others. Okay, and this isn't going to be something, as I said, that happens overnight. But this is something that we have to systematically change going forward. It's yeah. hard work. It's going to be. It's going to take a long time to undo the damage that's been done for generations. But I feel it's, like it's yeah, ridiculous, man. You're right. I feel like there needs to be an active and a passive component to solving this issue. So the active one is obviously to include some protective measures in areas of high risk. Um, you know, like parks and dodgy alleyways, stuff like that. Like, what can we do to improve the safety of people traversing those areas? And then secondly, it has to be the passive component, which is for sure part of his education. Um, and also like like in our communities and ourselves to call people out. Like I've, I've seen people do some weird stuff at bars that maybe I should have been like, oh, you know what, that's, that's weird. I should maybe stop this. But it's kind of like, for, for example, if someone's like walking past, uh, you know, a crowd of people and he's accidentally brushing on a girl, in a weird way and it's like well I, I you know you question that and i'm pretty sure girls know what i'm on about when that happens uh, i've spoken to friends before where it's happened to them and they've they've opened up about it and be like you know it makes them very uncomfortable like it could people can pass by in different ways so i feel like people need to be called out like stopped and be like hey dude what the fuck are you doing at the point of time where they make you know a mistake of that sort um this is just like on a reflection of a personal person like as a human being, what we should do on ourselves day to day. And then, of course, there's a government reaction that needs to happen as well, where they need to implement education, I believe, in school. Because really, what happens at home, you can't really control, if we're being totally honest. It's one of those things that just you, you have to try yeah, and mitigate the effects yeah, of. Yeah. So part of that would be maybe to introduce like a section in PSHE uh, through the curriculum where they, you know, the boys are treated, uh, boy, boys are taught on how to treat women and you know it it's sounds you know you laugh but it really has gone to that point but it is one of those things that should be taught though because this one like, otherwise you'll like never chivalry. be taught. yeah you'll never be taught that you know at the end of the day even if you talk on a biological standpoint most men biologically would be be stronger than women right we we know this this is just it's just a fact of life yeah so as the you know you know, in quotation marks, is stronger of the genders. You need to be able to fucking control yourself. And if you're not, exactly. if you're not teaching somebody from a young age that it doesn't matter if you are, have a physical strength over another person, you do not put your hands on them. If you don't teach them that from a young age and you let them just fly with whatever they want, like you know, when we tell little girls, they're told, "Oh, if he's picking on you in the playground, then it means he likes you." No. I'll tell you right now, if I have a daughter and my daughter says, oh, this boy's pulling my hair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing nothing to the kid. He's a kid, obviously. But your dad's getting slapped. <laughs> because that, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's the language yeah, yeah, that yeah. we use. Do you understand? It's these, it's these small things that are done from a very young age where we don't actually step in and say, look, you can't do that. You can't do this. Which then lead to, you know, that kid in the playground who's pulling the girl's hair could end up being the police officer who done what he done to Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd say like it. I mean, that, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be that. You know, kids of course, no, no, of course, of course. But, but you know. I would say like throughout 
this education should start from like say let's say once a cognitive of girl boy differences like yeah free throughout until the end of their school life like we have pshe sessions for this reason and obviously at different stages of their lives it's going to mean different things for example like oh you know don't cut off her ponytail uh darren <laughs> i remember there was a kid that did that in school although i find it funny it's actually kind of messed up and it fits into this narrative as well but yeah. it continues to to you know when you're in secondary and people are getting relationships or whatever you explain to them look you can't do this to a woman you know you can't uh, abuse her mentally you can't abuse her in this way xyz you know, and he's a I big know, maybe maybe we're being education. very simplistic in saying, "Oh yeah, we just need to teach them." I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but something needs to be put in place that's active, like actively happening in school. Because yeah. at the moment, there was there's nothing. At the moment, there's nothing at all in any citizenship lesson, any RE, nothing. You just kind of hope that you get the best best out of school and then you leave. But there needs to be a social element of like social education on how mm. to treat, you know, women, especially. As we can see, like it's I such think a the, big the laws problem. need to change a little bit as well in terms of mm. like what is considered acceptable in terms of self defense. Like for example, in this country, you can't have pepper spray. Yeah, I yeah. think that's fucking ridiculous. You should put out a law that says women are allowed to carry pepper spray on them for for their safety, Mm-mm. tasers for their safety. You know, uh, the law has to change in terms of what you can do. Especially for example, if I as a guy see another guy doing something to a woman, I should be able to intervene. And beat that guy up all I want, and you can't though. Yeah, you but can't. The, but you know what I mean. But you can't. But like I know again, mean, I understand though, the flaws of if you were to say, yeah, let's let that run. You know, there could be some madnesses going on. But like, yeah, the law has to change in in small intricate ways like that as well. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think the law at the moment is self defense is you can only do what the person's done already done to you. So yeah, you can't it, preemptively. The power balance isn't isn't right there. Yeah, exactly. The power. There's no context. Like you, you can't preemptively protect yourself. You need to wait for someone to throw a punch before you can. That's yeah. Crazy. And ima- imagine if someone's twice your size and they yeah. throw one punch at you. That's it. You're finished. You're finished. Yeah. I mean, it's just stupid. Like it's, it's fucking ridiculous. First things first. Women need to be given actual. I think women should be allowed weapons. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. To you. Like weapons in the sense of pepper spray, you know, tasers, stuff like that that can be used in self defense. Which might not be lethal, but are definitely things that will, you know, get an attacker to fuck off, basically. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That needs to be allowed immediately. That needs to go through. See, this is what, what pisses me off when they talk about curfews, that these unrealistic 6 p.m. curfews. Mm. Why didn't you suggest that? Why didn't you suggest that there should be pepper spray allowed for women? Yeah, because we used to be able to have them, I think, in the 70s. Women yeah, do you know what I mean? So, this is what I mean. Like, yeah. why now are you suggesting these ridiculous things when that's the first step that you should be taking, in my opinion? Mm-mm. Right, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you're not allowing a person to be able to defend themselves properly, and then you're questioning why these. And you know, at the end of the day, we can talk about educating kids and all of that all we want, but the reality of the world is, some people just will not be educated, and That's there true. will still be yeah. creeps out there that do exactly. this shit. So, yeah. one way or another, we need to ensure that people are able to protect themselves, knowing that they're not going to get into trouble just for trying to protect themselves too. Exactly, the ability to defend themselves, and like even let's say. You know, they might give the excuse of, oh, you know, you should learn self-defense moves. When you've got a hundred kilo man on a, you know, someone who weighs like 40, 50 kilos, it doesn't matter how much jujitsu you know, or, or it's, boxing, it's you know, unreal. you're finished. This is what I mean. It's yeah. unrealistic suggestions. It's unrealistic. What, what, yeah, you yeah. want everyone to be a fucking black belt. If everyone's a black belt, then no one's a black belt. Yeah, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? It's and just, even, it, even if they're all black belts, this is why we have weight divisions in uh, you know, MMA and boxing. Because we know that at the end of the day, how much you weigh really affects whether you're going to win or not. If someone has 50 kilos on you, he can just drag you around. 
It really doesn't matter what you can do, backflips or, you know, Wing Chun. It doesn't matter. So it's ridiculous. Like, I, I believe in active defense. And I think we got sent, good. We got sent a video the other day of a guy in Turkey. Uh, and he was beating a woman in front of her child. It was his ex-wife, I believe. And she ended up passing away, right? There was a guy who was filming the whole encounter just from a, a balcony and just saying, hey, stop. Did that, did that really stop the man? You saying, hey, stop, and you got it on camera. Just because you got it on camera, did that mean that the guy was going to stop? No. Mm. I, I, I don't want to say be a man because I understand that's part of the problem. But be a no, fucking man. He should have ran down there yeah. and stopped that immediately. He should have run down there and given that guy exactly what he was trying to give to that woman. Exactly, yeah, no, I agree. So, you know, when we say, like, educate your sons, that should be a part of it. I'm not even going to lie to you. If you see somebody do something like that, you intervene. You're meant to intervene. You're meant to help out someone, even if they're not somebody you know. You know what part of the issue your is? Your fucking though? camera ain't going to help no one. You know what part of the issue is? Hmm. I feel like, like I was reading um, a book by the psychologist called Carl Jung, and it's explaining mm. like the development of boys versus girls. And like what, one of the key, let's say, markers of uh, becoming a woman or a man, for example, for a woman, it's obvious, right? It's, uh, it can be physical, uh, for example, the period. But for mm. a man, we don't have necessary key markers in our lives. And the outcome that he came with, which I agree with him, is that men have to teach me- boys how to become men. Do you understand? And this is where like masculinity in a positive way needs to form. I feel like men need to teach boys how to be responsible, caring men for for women. Do, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. positive be chivalry. Us, not be not be exactly. You know, this attackers. is what I'm. Yeah. This is when you say you know be a man. I feel like in a if you frame that in a positive framework, it's good because men need masculinity. Men need to be taught how to be men. We need to we need to go through this process and understand. Okay, this is how you do things, blah blah blah. Just yeah, speaking what on the being man's a point man is has to change. You understand? Being a man exactly. isn't throwing your weight around, uh, you know, intimidating people because of your size or your strength. It's about yeah, protecting yeah. others, being being mindful, being empathetic, being understanding towards other people. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, being protectors. That's being a man. You don't being need protect- to exactly knowing that you have the privilege and being able to use it in a good way. Do you exactly. understand? Knowing that you're stronger than most women. Oh, Steve, Steve, so not all men, though. Not all men, though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Is fuck you men that, that weigh I'm 10 kilos? Yeah, that, maybe not, but like. Yeah, I'm sick of, sick of those guys, man. I'm not all men. And you started fucking trending the other day. Like, a woman's just been murdered and you're trending not all men. Like, really? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it shows them psychology, to be honest. It just shows the psychology. But like I said, like what you said before, there's unequivocal uh, evidence. And it's obvious that men are obviously have more physical, let's say, potential than women, right? So we, as a society, as men, we need to understand that means that we have responsibility to protect. Do you understand? Like, this is how I see it. Like, most women, there will be women that will be able to wrap me up. Do you know what I mean? Like, bro, I'm, I'm pretty Amanda sure Amanda Nunes will knock me out in a second. Yeah, Not even Amanda Nunes. Just a, there's plenty of regular women out there who could probably beat me up. I'm being entirely honest with you, but like <laughs> that, that isn't what we're trying to say. We're talking more yeah. about the law of averages and I'm you know, talking like about the average male, population. average female. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A six foot, you know, a six foot man, a five foot ten man that weighs around eighty to ninety kilos, which is around the average for the UK. We have the responsibility now to protect. We can't use that. Uh, or we can't abuse it and let other men abuse it. When you see other men abusing it, you have to jump in. Like you have to be able to feel 
like the responsibility is on you as a man to now help protect a woman. But again, again, the law has to also change because there's been instances where a guy has stepped in to try and stop. Like that happened to me once. When I was at university, we stepped in because the guy was basically hitting a woman right in front of a bloody, what shop was it? Like Primark or something. Stepped in and then the police came and started questioning us. Why did you attack the guy? And we're like, well, he was attacking his wife. It's ridiculous. The law makes no sense. The yeah. law has to change as well. The defense law has to change. Absolutely has to change as well. Like, like we said, this isn't you could there isn't like one one rule fits all or one one solution is gonna fix everything. There's many, many different aspects which you need to attack going forward, whether it's education in schools, whether it's you know, like specific uh hotspots, as you said, Steve, where we go in and we we add more cameras, we add more lights, we do we do stuff like that. You know, this this kind of stupid Bailey, that guy who's running for London mayor, the shamelessness of that man is ridiculous. He used this as a as an excuse to again attack Sadiq Khan, which by the way, yeah. I'm no fan of. We've made that very clear here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he used that to be like, I'm gonna put more police officers on the streets. This wouldn't happen under me. It's like a woman's just died, man. Have some fucking shame. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Have some fucking shame. It's not as simple as I'm gonna put more police. The guy who killed her was a police officer. Yeah. It's not just about let's just get more random idiots and just put them into this position. No, you need to actually train these people and vet them properly so that this sort of shit doesn't happen again. They're looking for browning points. So, yeah, these politicians make brownie, but probably, This is what I'm saying. They're not looking to solve this issue. It's just brownie points. It's just playing to the crowd. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's There's it's a million disgusting. different ways you can attack this. They're not attacking in any way they should be. And it's mm. just brownie points after brownie points. We don't fucking care. We've, we've become disillusioned at this point. No one fucking cares about what you have to say to get a few extra extra votes here and there. Exactly, yeah. But I, I, I think... Pulling, it makes me sick. I think, yeah, it makes me absolutely sick. I can't lie. Politicians, as I grow older and I start to hear more and more, and you know, you start to understand their mindset. You just get sicker and sicker of them. Because like, how can you be this as a human being? Bottom of the barrel, man. (laughs) Bottom of the fucking barrel. My son said to me, oh, dad, I'm going to be a politician. I'll disown him there and then. (laughs) Wrap him up. Disgusting. Wrap him up, blood. But yeah, I think one of the most important things I think I got out of this is that we need to, I think it stems from being a child, man. And I think it stems from the transition to become like from a child to a man. And as men, we have the responsibility to teach them. We ha- Listen, not someone could be this listening why- to us and say, oh, you guys being very misogynistic with your conversation. We might be. We might be. We're happy to have any discussion. Yeah, of that, course. You know, anyone but, can come on. And but let's say from our experience, Aaron, like we grew up. Yeah, in this not is our experience. Yeah. Look, our experience. We grew up in not very uh, good area, let's say, right? Yeah. What happens usually to these kids? What do they look for? Olders, right? Does it not always happen? Yeah, he's my older. He's my older. And who are these olders usually? People with power, very let's say masculine figures, right? That 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 portray it in a negative way, i.e., gang members. They get groomed in. They sometimes they don't even get paid. They're just looking to learn how to move from a teenagehood to a manhood, and they learn under that cycle. We've seen like in this framework how it works, and they become full-grown man- gang members, uh, expressing masculinity in a negative way. Well, why don't we do a similar Well, we have friends who are in have... prison now for murder. Yeah, yeah. And for murder. We grew up with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've seen it, bro. I've seen it. I've seen them go through it. And don't tell me like, oh, you know, men don't need men. Everyone's the same. I'm, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it out there on the podcast. I don't believe in it. Like, I feel like men's psychology need to be treated specifically. And part of that is to get positive role models. This is why boys look up to football players, right? This is why you see uh, superheroes and they, they really fall in love with superheroes because they look for other men to copy and if we keep giving them bad examples and there's not an outlet out there for a good role model 
or a good framework to teach men how to be men, it won't happen. You will get broken men in the future. Men that don't know how to teach women, uh, treat women, etc. They don't know how to interact in society. I feel like this is what we're missing in society. Everything's replaced by negative, um, what's they called, uh, bad masculinity. We need good masculinity. We need to give, show them the good way. We need to acknowledge that they need this. Yeah, now this uh, let, let, let's kind of wrap up this topic. Obviously, we can talk about this all day, but yeah, yeah. let's just reaffirm that, you know, going forward, any money made on this podcast will be going towards uh, Solace, which is a charity that helps out women and children who've been uh, victims of male exactly. abuse and violence. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to try and, you know, help out in our own little way by doing that. And, the money um, goes towards homing people who are subsequently homeless. The money goes towards providing psychiatry help and the medical help as well. The money goes towards the children that are left inside, let's say, that bubble. Uh, they provide them with like IT equipment, etc., to be able to finish their education and whatnot. So it's quite a good charity, and uh, we're quite proud to support them. Yeah, we'll we'll put up all the information on our on our page, so do do look out for it. But um, yeah, if you sign up to our Patreon, you know all the money is going to go there. We're not keeping any of it. So um, yeah, just, just carry on listening, and thank you for listening if you have so far exactly. anyway. But let's move on to another no. another news story, which I don't know for what reason is so so big because honestly i couldn't give a flying fuck about the royal family but yeah. here we are um so the the harry and megan interview steve what do you think do i don't understand how people are shocked like there's video evidence of even harry saying a racial term uh the p word towards a pakistani member of the uh, royal family and not just that like there's so many instances of very like for me clear-cut uh occasions where it's like yeah this was pretty racist this is racist this is racist and I mean, didn't Harry himself of... have a Nazi outfit to a Halloween party? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That whole family is rife with this sort of stuff. Like, there's instances which you can pick out where they've been... Okay, let's... God forbid anyone calls the monarchy which has built its uh, built its foundation and has, you know, all of its wealth off of the back of stolen goods from Africa. God forbid anyone calls them racist. So let's not call them racist. Let's say they've had racially charged moments which yeah. you can literally pick out from this current batch. Exactly. Yeah. This current batch has it. Do you know what I mean? You don't even need to go that far back. So I don't know why they're so surprised that that sort of thing is happening. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, oh my God, we can't believe it. No, it was there all along. You chose to ignore it. And maybe Harry's a changed man. He probably is because obviously now he has yeah, to yeah, I'm not gonna, actually I'm not gonna, live with it. Because, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> you know to I mean? judge him for something he'd done 10, 15 years ago if his current actions look as though he's changed. So, you know, fair yeah, yeah, he's changed, he's changed. I'm not going to... Exactly, yeah. you, know. you, can't, you can't judge people for what they, who they were before. But, like, it's obvious that it's been happening. And I don't know why it's such shock horror to people that, that have just watched this Oprah thing. Like, it's been happening. You just... People have chosen to ignore it. It was, just wasn't in, enough publicity. It wasn't enough pop culture following for it to become a thing where the public shall now uh, recognize. Do you know what I mean? Like it was always a fringe thing that people were willingly, you know, forgetting and being like, yeah, but you know, they bring a lot of uh, tourism into the country. Like, where do you that, see that is That is bullshit, by the way. Can I just say that? Tourism into the country. Does any of these tourists that come into the country actually see the queen or any of the royal members? They don't. They just come and look at Buckingham Palace. If you didn't have a royal family, Buckingham Palace would still be there. Yeah, exactly. So it you can see that was still bringing tourism. When we go to Rome and we see all of these wonderful pieces of architecture, we're not actually seeing the emperor who built it or had it built in there, are we? No, the guy's long gone, but 
it's still something that people want to come and see as tourists. So getting rid of the royal family isn't going to really... And I mean, the amount of money that we give towards the royal family per year, I'm pretty sure offsets the amount of money that they bring in anyway. But it, it gets but, me, yeah. it's worse than that. It's the fact that, like, even if, the, let's say they did bring in money, is it not an important issue that it's a racist... <laughs> do you mean they're being hella <laughs> racist? And, like, regardless, oh, does the money wash it under, wash the... You know, is it clean money now? Have we uh, swiped the rest under the carpet because they bring in enough? Like well, that's two, not even the a fact, two most if... expensive diamonds in the history of mankind are in the scepter and the crown of Queen Elizabeth, and they were both from South Africa, and mm. they are stolen. They they're, they're not stolen. discovered. They are stolen. There's one. This, um... this institution as a whole yeah. is is one that has been built off the back of other you know what they call colonies, right? Mm. So why are people surprised when they hear that a, a member of the royal family, apparently, according to Meghan, which I believe, by the way, um, said, uh, how dark is the baby going to be? Mm-mm. Which is hilarious to me because Meghan herself is, you know, very, very light well, in complexion. Harry is, is white and ginger. You know, what did you think the child would look like anyway? Which goes to show how how, you know, uninformed and uneducated they are. And then what's been even more embarrassing following the, the interview itself, which we can delve into a bit more, like the specific moments, but what's been more embarrassing itself is that since the interview, Prince Charles has had a meeting with, uh, a, a, you know, a bunch of, um, a bunch of uh, black people at, at some event where he's brought all of his cameras along just to kind of show people, oh, look, I talk to black people. Uh, you know, uh, William and Kate gave a gave a, a sort of a speech with a, with a woman behind them who had her hair braided and traditional African clothing on. Where it's like it's so transparent what you're trying the PR that you're trying to do right now. It's like it's embarrassing. Do you understand? It's so embarrassing. It's so out of touch. It's like, oh hey, look, we talk to black people. Look here, we, what does that mean? Mm. What does that even mean? Like, what have you proven by doing that? Going out and saying we're most definitely not a racist family. What what? Oh my, my mates are black. It's yeah, like, yeah, I'm, you're still I didn't want to say it, but that's basically what they're trying to do. Like, oh, yeah, well, my yeah. mate's black. I can't be racist. Like, yes, you can. What does yeah, this even yeah, mean yeah. when you've turned around and done that? And it's so obvious when the way they're doing it as well. It's just like it's embarrassing. I mean, like again, I really don't give a shit about the royal family, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, but, I really man, couldn't get rid care of them. Most. Honestly, I can't be bothered. One of those ones where it's like I don't even understand why they're still there and why people care. But I guess it prevent it. Pre- I think it represents a bit more. To let, let's say traditional uh, British people, I think it represents like what they perceive as a better time. You know, it's like the monarchy. They think about you know rule Britannia, Britannia rule the waves. That kind of uh, feeling of colonialism, in my opinion, I think this is where it stems from. Like, it's 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 a living, uh, a living embodiment embodiment of it. And so to mm. to denigrate it, to change it, is kind of like br- chipping at that. A false image that exists in people's minds. Do you know what I mean? This is Bro, why Di- Piers Morgan. For real, was so Diana like... is the only one that I liked. <laughs> Diana, she was a piff light as well. I can't lie, Diana <laughs> was, was hot. She was yeah. hot, but apart from that, she was also legit. <laughs> like she was, she was genuine. You know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like Harry tried to continue that of him. I'm not a fan of Harry himself either. I don't know him now, but his past can speak for itself. Um, but out of all of them, I think like. My question he's probably, is, for me, not, he's probably for, closest to Diana in terms. He is closest to Diana. Let's let's put it that way. But forget about but the royal family. William, William's really inherited the Charles's genes, though. My God, the fool Yo, of his, his spectacular. Hairline. His hairline. Full of has been spectacular. No hair, bro. You don't even have a hairline normally. He's bald. 
crazy. He could just go to Turkey. Why? He's got all this Bro, money, but he doesn't man. want to bless his head. He's cheap crazy. as well. Can you imagine? Just go to Turkey and get your hair transplant. You 1,000. But hey, you know what? Okay, let's talk about Piers, uh, Piers Morgan. Yeah, yeah. Because his meltdown was insane, bro. Like, again, look, this just plays into the first half of what we talked about. He's a fucking creep. Mm. You had what? He, I mean, I don't even know if it was a date. He had, he had like wine or alcohol or whatever with Megan one time in a pub. And then that's it. That's it. That's the entirety of their relationship. And this man has been just, you know, after her like ever since let it fucking go he's a creep like this is creepy yeah, creep. this it's is creepy. creepy this is creepy behavior but you know like, what? even if you forget uh, about that like why yeah. is he so defensive i don't understand that why why can't you like i give her a, a minutia of of uh, of truth say like maybe five percent of what she's saying is true but he's outright saying no 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 everything's false blah 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 and attacking her personality even though it's her and her husband, actually, Damn, you know, she might came talking. out of her mouth, but obviously he agrees with his wife sitting next to her. She's speaking. You know what I mean? Damn, it's he's ridiculous. been talking like a talking man for the longest time. Every single day, this guy is talking about Megan. Every single day. You had, okay, let's call it a date. You had a date once. She ghosted you afterwards. Get over it. This is the kind of ridiculous behavior that we discussed in the first half. But I think it's a bit deeper. It's creepy, than that. bro. I it's, think cre- it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. There's a lot of uh, you know racially charged elements to this, of course, as well. But yeah. then, like when he gets called out by his co-presenter, he just walks off. He walks off, and now he's quick. Good morning. Mm-mm. And it's like, yeah. you know, we can delve into why he done that as well. I don't actually believe it's because of this incident. I think it's because there's new TV channels coming out that are backed by right wing, you know, um, right wing businessmen so. like Murdoch and uh, Andrew Neil or whatever. So. He wants to basically jump ship there and he wants to become made a martyr for the you know the right wing incels. Fair enough. Go ahead and you you want to do that, then go ahead and do that. But it's like the way he's been attacking them as if he personally knows them. You've met this woman once. What the fuck are you talking about? You don't know these people. Why yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? It's it's hella creepy. And like you said, it feeds back to the first topic. Whereas like, how does he come out with that ability to feel like he can treat them that way? Do you know what I mean? Bro, I mean, you can have your personal look, 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 look at you and look Wait. at Megan. Did you really think you were ever going to get anywhere? Like, money is a madness because he actually my guy has six chins. He, chance. he actually has six chins. I counted Jesus it yesterday. Christ, I was watching the video, I was like, there's six. That's legit. Depends I mean, on which like, angle you look at. Some angles is eight, but yeah, Karen. But look, but look I, I, I can understand. Look, heartbreak, uh, whether he was heartbroken or whatever you want to call it, is legit. And obviously, people react in their personal way. And it's kind of like it's true to themselves, okay? So I can't tell you, like, oh, don't, don't act in a in a, like a heartbreaky way but to put it on public and to denigrate someone over an unrelated topic do you know what I mean like pull them through the mud that is tr- totally false because of your one experience this is where I have the issue this is the point where I'm like this is toxic masculinity do you know what I mean this is where like you're, you're messing everything up why are you acting this way there's no need it doesn't make any fucking any sense at all Oh, I don't know, man. It makes me sick a little bit when I think of people like that. It's okay, yeah. You can have your little personal moment where you're like, oh, you know, why didn't she like me or whatever? Okay, that's you, innit? Everyone's got those personal issues. But why bring it into like, into the public eye and into big media and 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 also on a racially charged topic? Why would you connect the two? That's I mean, so this, bad. This man is on national TV saying that a woman who said she felt suicidal is lying. I mean... Th- 
I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand the thought process because let's say you think that uh, you know Megan isn't telling the truth, and you're agreeing with Piers Morgan, and you're tweeting it from the the hilltops. Mm-hmm. Your friend, who genuinely is feeling suicidal, is seeing those tweets, and now no longer feels comfortable to be around you. You further alienate someone who genuinely. Let's say Megan was lying. Let's say Megan is lying. She doesn't have any problems. She's happy as can be, which I don't believe to be the case. But let's say she was lying about it. Mm. Your friend isn't lying, and your friend genuinely does have issues. But now your friend's seen the way you've reacted, and they feel even more alienated. Yeah, exactly. And you're going on to, and Piers Morgan's going on national television and saying this, and he's the same guy who was talking about Caroline Flack and how she was, you know, pushed by the media into her suicide. Mm. It, it's it's you know, what kills me is at the end of the day, Piers Morgan has been doing shit like this for years. He's been yeah, it's not new, dude. Like it's not new, but the fact that he done it to Megan is where they drew drew the line. But he's done this to many people in the past. Yeah, yeah. That and that's kind of annoying me as well. Yeah, it's not. His first... I don't like it when someone yeah. does shit like this all the time, but then they only get fired when they do it to a specific person because it's like me too. Well, yeah. Is that person more important than the others? Yeah, me too. I I don't like that fact either because, like you said, yeah, basically it's reached a threat. It means there's a threshold for this kind of like verbal violence which yeah, is pretty much do what he does to, you can do it to you know because he's gone on tv and he spewed all this rhetoric towards all sorts of people whether it be because of their class because of their gender because of their race because of their religion he's said crazy shit over the years but it's like when you do it to a member of the royal family that's when he, he can't run no more Mm-mm. that's not on what so because megan wrote a letter to ofcom saying that you know why does he keep bringing up my name he gets yeah, fired yeah. Yeah, but yeah, when exactly. But when for fucking years, Muslims, you know, exactly. uh, gay people, you know, everyone has written letters, repeatedly complained about this guy. They've never once removed them. I, I, I never like the morning show. Like, I hate when I click on it on YouTube because it's very clickbaity, but it's just it's just looking for controversy and hate. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It always looks to generate hate. Like, how can we hate on this group that is hated already? Yeah. Absolutely. It's so weird, man. It's like who designed this show on IT? It's ITV, isn't it? Like, yeah. How they get away with it? What What's annoying as well is that you know they put Susanna Reid there. That's supposed to be kind of like his opposite. I hate her. <laughs> I hate her. She's just she's just the same face, but she's silent. she just keeps quiet and she pulls yeah. like faces and stuff. But it's like you're not you're not offering two opposing views there. Exactly. It's the same view. One of them is just being quiet and just smiling along, and the other one is just screaming from the rooftops all sorts of obscenities. You, it, it's it's ridiculous, and it's ITV that's doing this, mm-hmm. a major TV channel. Yeah, Where yeah. is the representation for other schools of thought? None. Yeah, exactly, none. Yeah, it doesn't. None. Exist. It's just one rhetoric being pushed completely, and there's no one there to challenge him on it. And then when he does get challenged on it, he just walks off set like a baby. Exactly. Look the at man that, who yeah. calls everyone else snowflakes. Walks off, and you know how you know this is his full time job. The guy they brought on, the uh, mixed race Don, he said he was mixed race. The weatherman. The weatherman. Yeah. You know how much like bravery it takes for him to come out and actually oppose, you know, oppose his view. Yeah, and he's, he's not. He's that's not, not his job. Like guy. that's. He's not a professional talker. He's a weatherman. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's given his experience. He's given his opinion on the topic. But Piers is boiling inside. Do you know what I mean? Burning inside. He couldn't take it. And this is his job. His job is to talk about these issues. It's crazy, man. It, it takes so much. Journalism like, in this country is gutter level. It's gutter tier. No one really calls out anyone for anything. It's a whole lot of ass kissing, 
There's no actual investigative journalism being done. And then the few journalists that you have on TV are the ilk of Piers Morgan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where every now and then he'll stick it on Matt Hancock and people say, oh, there you go. That's a really good, that's mm. a really good uh, journalist right there. But then he'll just go back to doing the same shit he always does. Mm-hmm. Where, where is the width and breadth of, of I mean, yeah. Yeah, journalists that can actually hold people to account and actually report on things that are important and give an unbiased... I don't want to hear social commentators anymore. I don't really. Uh, at least not on national television. Look, like, I, we're I, I we're don't giving mind. our commentary right now, right? On things yeah, that yeah, happen. Yeah. But this is a podcast. We're not on a nationally syndicated TV show. We're not, we're not spewing this rhetoric. We do a lot of research on this podcast before we talk about yeah, topics, yeah, right? But I feel like on a TV channel, they don't do it. What is our reach and what is their reach? They need to be held to account more. They do, they do. But uh, you know, I kind of disagree with you when you said, you know what, I wouldn't mind Piers being on if there was a, a range Opposing of people view, like that way. It has to be. Yeah, exactly. Where they can battle intellectually and actually lock, do you know what I mean, as like a, in, this, in an no, argument. You know what, you know what irritates me even more? Mm. Morgan's not, Piers Morgan is not an intelligent man. Whenever mm. they bring on anyone with even a, a, an iota of intelligence, he gets absolutely battered by them. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Shola, the, the lady who was on the other day, she absolutely made him look like a fool. And mm. he's been made to look like a fool whenever they have anyone with any actual yeah, tangible before, intelligence. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't mind if someone like Piers Morgan, who was very intelligent, who made well-thought-out, researched arguments was on TV, and then you had the opposing view also having you know an intelligent, researched argument, and then having them to debate it, I've got no problem with that. That's fine, yeah. And it can be entertaining. Because be I, I, yeah, I understand where Pim, Piers Morgan fits because he's also entertainment, you know. He's a bit knee-jerky. But get knee-jerky people on both sides. Let them both go at it. Let's have, a, like you say, a breadth. It's okay. The format, I, I'm not fussed about the format, but I'm fussed when it's just one-sided and it's obvious for an agenda. Make it It's neutral. for an agenda. It's not well thought out. It's not well researched. Yeah. It's not like a... It's not like a intellectual conversation it's just let's just spew just nonsense back and forth yeah, yeah, yeah it's just ridiculous i feel like it's exactly what you said we need breadth on television we need breadth from the public but we don't have that we have we have like micro communities that just echo their own voices over and over again and people just feed off the same thing you need to diversify what people listen to and what people take in and the only way to do that is to put piers morgan with someone else that is on an opposing side as well and yeah, they that's can why both this whole Susanna just doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. She's she a just keeps quiet. She's a, she's a conservative, like proper. She's the same as him, but she's silent. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, she's, mean exactly silence is is basically you just saying, "Yeah, I agree with you." Like, like I remember they had on a hijabi one one time. A woman wearing a hijab, and they were Piers Morgan was like, "Oh, you're being you're being forced, aren't you?" And she was like, "No, I decide myself." And then Susanna comes in. She goes, "Oh, really?" Like. Why are you questioning her like three times? Do you know what I mean? Like it, you're basically saying I agree with Piers, but I'm gonna do it in a soft way. Like there's no opposing. Oh, bro, no... don't get me started on that conversation. Anyway, if a person is repeatedly telling you I am not being forced to do this, I want to do it because of my religious reason, they shouldn't have to repeat themselves. And again, as a man, you're gonna tell her to take it off. How how much worse is that as forcing her to put it on? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? Like it's is that whole conversation in itself makes my blood boil. That's anyway. another topic, isn't it? But like, and I know we were supposed yeah. to talk about the fucking interview. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I really wish I did. I just don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, it's too much, man. And Suzanne is just in the same the same boat. I'm I'm sorry. I really dislike her, but hopefully, who do you reckon they'll get on? You know what? I saw something online. They said Richard Clarkson will come on. Richard Clarkson? Oh, Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, sorry. Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. 
That would be quite funny, actually. <laughs> that would be quite funny. I wouldn't mind seeing that, to be honest. But, but um, I feel like he'd be like, basically a softer version of Piers. That, that's what I'm saying. He would too be bad. A, he would be I don't a mind less, that. He'll be a less outspoken version of Piers. But again, the argument is you need to have someone with an opposing view. They would have exactly, to get rid of yeah. Susanna as well, bring in someone who... I don't know. I don't know what Jeremy... I guess he's more on the right. So then you'd get someone yeah. who's a bit more on the left and then just have the two of them present together and... You know, and you know what? It could be Jeremy Clarkson, and uh, what's the one that keeps getting into car accidents? James May. <laughs> James May, yeah, because James May, yeah. uh, he's quite a liberal person, and yeah. that works well. That works perfectly well. Actually. I mean, it doesn't sit right with me if you get rid of a woman and bring in a guy. Obviously, I'd rather they bring in a, another woman, but yeah, yeah, um, just to kind of make it a, a, a balance. Is an example of a kind of but, balance that, you but can yeah, have, like in yeah. terms of as you said, like in terms of ideologies, that's a bit more of a balance. So I would much rather that than having two people who've basically got the same view. One of them's quiet, one of them's loud, and we just have to watch them do their dumb and dumber routine. Like exactly, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like I'm not really a fan of that. No. But no. you know, what? I'm glad Piers Morgan is gone for the time being. As I said, I've read that. You know, there's a new TV channel, two new TV channels coming up, and they're quite right wing, and mm-hmm. he's probably done all of this so that he can jump ship and go there. I believe his contract was getting renegotiated anyway, so he just he used this as like an excuse to get out of there, basically. Yeah, I don't much. Yeah. But the longer this guy isn't on TV, the better for me. And I feel like we've already given him way too much time anyway. We because, have, yeah. You know, what, what we're doing is exactly what he wants, which exactly, is let yeah. me do stupid shit so people talk about me and I'm staying in the mainstream, which we've actually fallen prey to by even having this conversation. They played us. They played us. He played us. Well done. You played us, you fucking idiot. All right. Anyway. Let's talk about the next topic. George yeah. Floyd. Um, oh, actually, wait a minute. I guess we can uh, jump onto the... Patreon episode then at this point. So guys, oh, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're enjoying this and you want to continue with us and listen to the other topics that we're going to talk about next, which will be uh, really spicy, you know, sign up to the Patreon. Like we said, it's going to go fully to charity this year. So whatever we make this year, we'll give it 100% to the Solace charity um, to support women in abusive uh, situations. So sign up. It's a good cause. And um, hopefully we can make a difference in this society. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.